Welcome, Mason. You have the choice for the next Son of a Ginger episode to be between the regular two hosts, Mason Moreau and Patrick Baylor, or featuring a third guest host. Which will you choose? Hmm, which one should I choose? Uh, I don't know. In five, four, three, which one? Which one two, should I pick? One. Uh, guest host. I want guest host. You've selected guest host. Hello, my name is Alex Olhausen, currently a roommate of Patrick and Mason's. We're here to talk shop today about Netflix's new Black Mirror interactive film, Bandersnatch. Gentlemen. You're trying to be the main host. Damn, that, that was one of our best intros ever. Well, you know. At least most yeah. coherent, cohesive. But hey, Alex is right. We're talking Bandersnatch from Black Mirror. Black Mirror's back. You know, it is winter of 2018 as we talk in January of 2019. Happy New Year, everyone. And Black Mirror is back. They have a new thing. Black Mirror. Famously have done something that's kind of cool that, you know, we have gotten in video games, whether it be something from Telltale Games or just a kind of any video game that, you know, your heart desires. But we got ourselves a film where you can pick what the character does. Fionn Whitehead, who plays Stefan, goes through some stuff as he makes a new game in 1980s that is based off of a choose-your-own-adventure game. He goes into this gaming company called Tuckersoft, you know, Wide Eyes, Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose, whatever. <laughs> Independent game developer, spry young lad. Yeah. Ready to show his game to the world. He's really not a spry young lad, though. He's pretty depressed. Yeah, because he's just overworking himself too much on this game where there is just a, an abundance of choice for each thing. And then that's kind of where the choices begin to matter. So in this movie, we get prompts and choices, whether it be every two minutes, every five minutes. It kind of depends on how it goes, but... We kind of can choose where we want to go. And I'm not going to talk about plot very much because truly, I think every one of our listeners has probably a different thing that they got to see or choose to see later on. What choices did you guys enjoy the most early on that set the tone later on in the film? Mason? Well, what sticks out to me is how they introduce you to the, the choice the first choice you make is which cereal to have to, for breakfast. And yeah. then the second choice you make is which song to listen to on the bus. And so like they introduce you to making choices by making very inconsequential choices. And then they increase in consequences and influence as you go on. Sort of like an upward curve. Yeah, and you think, oh yeah, no big deal. I'm just going to pick the Thompson Twins over... Now that's what I call music too. Great choice. But then... That's all you hear later on in the movie is Thompson Twins. You don't get to listen to anything else other than like the little record that you pick later when you're trying to get in the zone with gaming. Kind of going back to something Mason just said, though. Do we know for a fact that the initial choices that you make are in fact inconsequential or do they have consequences? Well, so the one thing that I remembered seeing is like when you choose Frosted Flakes, you see an ad for Frosted Flakes on the TV before you turns on the vhs yeah and so i think they they do end up paying off later but in inconsequential ways i guess but are you gonna like you know maybe have like a diabetic attack because you had a little bit more sugar by having the sugar puffs instead of the frosted flakes no would that be very intriguing and compelling yes so get it right netflix <laughs> i want my first very first choice to matter so we'll try to cover a little bit of what happens of all the moving pieces that happens 
Stefan's mom had died previously in a train accident. Which he was supposed to be on. He was supposed to be on, but then he was looking for his, his stuffed rabbit that his dad apparently hid because, you know, he was too old for stuffed rabbits. Childish things. Childish things. So that's one of the, the things. Uh, he has a therapist that he talks to that helps him out with all these choices and that he, he's being overworked a little bit. And then, yeah, he works with Tuckersoft. Uh, for this new game, and Will Poulter plays Colin something or other who's a little bit like him, a chip off the old block, but... He's sort of like a sage character that provides him with advice and is always showing up to steer him in some direction. He truly is the magic man, who, yeah. during, I think, the biggest and most significant like first choice that we are supposed to make of either we go to Dr. Haynes, our psychiatrist office, after too many episodes, or go see him on the street... That's like the big one that kind of sets everything in motion. It just makes me wonder. So with that choice, what do y'all think would have been a better choice knowing what you know now with the various endings and things? Which choice? To go either go follow Colin or go right to the doctor. I know you were telling me earlier, Mason, that you thought the coolest part was that by choosing to follow Colin, we got a lot of important exposition for our later on choices right right yeah so it the one thing that i noticed after my second run through is that that scene where they do acid at colin's house is like this setup scene for every single pathway on and he sort of uses the fact that the characters are on acid to as a vehicle to be able to uh, justify why he's explaining a whole bunch of things, which I thought was a really, really good way to sort of foreshadow everything. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, uh, so we'll just get there now because we're going to be going back and forth and back and forth. I know there are five main endings among many others. One of them is things go bad, things go bad, you kill your dad, and then you decide to kill every other person in Tuckersoft. That's one. Another one is that you're aware that this is all a Netflix film and then you get in a fight scene and then it's like, oh, we're on we're on a Netflix shoot. Hooray. What other ones did we get, Alex? So the, the train ending. There's that ending with the mother. Die on the train. Go back and choose to like go with your mom on the train. Yes. After finding Rabbit. You, there's also the ending wherein you kill your father, you develop a perfect game, and you get arrested. And then we see the review that the game was amazing, but it was, you know, mired in controversy and really pulled from the shelves and then there's this other developer in the present who decides to make her own bandersnatch game as she's inspired by the first game and then she might be going crazy as well who ends up being colin's daughter who we're briefly introduced to in did they one of the cutscenes? did they confirm that that's her yeah that's her okay well that makes sense yeah and there's one other one. Oh, i think it's like another one where he gets caught yeah, he just gets caught, and then he's just in jail, and then it's like, oh, this is a pretty lame game. We can tell it's kind of rushed. And, I don't know, I think with each choice, I'd say it, like, influences my opinion of the story overall. Like, I could, like, agree, like, oh, this seems like a very rushed ending by choosing to bury the body. It's like, oh, okay, now the police are coming, and oh, all right, now he's in jail, and movie's over. Yeah, you could kind of tell the loose ends that seemed sort of hard to tie up. Yeah. 
Which I was kind of fine with because a lot of choose your own adventure narratives have that. You know what I mean? They have unsatisfying endings, but that's like sort of the fun of doing a choose your own adventure is going back and figuring out which one you like best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though maybe the initial philosophy of choose your own adventures is that you go through it once and then you don't do it again, I kind of do enjoy going back and seeing which one I like the most. And maybe that's just because I like commenting on tape. Yeah, the entire time watching it, I wanted to get to a certain ending, get to the most satisfying ending, feeling like we cool, we concluded something. I felt the train one was the coolest one. It was the most sci-fi Black Mirror-y one. You know, where he is able to then go, I don't know, go through all the mirrors and then affect time or something and then see, make things right. And then in affecting time, puts the rabbit back. Then he's able to get the rabbit and then go on the train with his mom. I don't know. I th- his mom. His mom. His mom. I felt that was a satisfying ending and I would like to get there normally through one viewing. I'm not going to watch this a third time, though, because... My big criticism, I guess, is that the last hour is tedious, if you want to get a certain way. Yeah, sure. If you want to get to a certain ending. Uh, but I'm going to go back on what you said about how you thought the uh, the train one was the most Black Mirror. Because yeah. I disagree. I think the uh, the PAX one was the, like, the program, program and control system was the most Black Mirror-y one out of all of them. Where he just, he goes crazy because he thinks he's, like, being surveyed or he's like his whole life is a lie basically but that's one where that was a rushed ending it's like you felt uh, like it was a rushed ending. they, they could have i think totally expanded upon it more i would have loved to then see you know another couple of scenes where everything is right and then he gets i don't know chased by some people and things happen i don't know well the other thing to note about that ending was if I recall correctly, that was not an ending that you could get upon a first watch. The The choice of Pax wasn't available when his character looks up to the heavens and asks, who is this controlling me? You know, it, it was either Netflix or the branch symbol. It wasn't for us upon our first viewing that we watched in our viewing today. In my viewing a couple of days ago, by hitting, deciding to hit packs in like the key code, that then gives you two different options of who is this? Someone send me a sign. It's either packs or then the uh, recurring Black Mirror symbol. Well, hmm. all right then. So you didn't get Netflix or the symbol. You got packs the first time. I got time. packs and the symbol. And I think I picked the symbol first. It was a little too bloody for us as we watched it. And then I tried it again and said, well, let's see what happens if it's a government conspiracy. This sounds cool. And then it's like, oh, well. He's just in jail so again. that is the first cool. ending you got. That was the second ending I got, actually. So you didn't get the pack symbol your first run through. I did get the pack symbol my first run through. I was then allowed to go back and choose that one, and then the weird sign. Okay. I think so many things, so many options and possibilities. What I'm seeing is that like you got all the way to one ending. That's what I would call the first run through. Is your oh, first okay, organic sure. selection of stories that lead to a conclusion, or selection of choices that lead to a conclusion? Is the first run through? I would say. I mean, if we're, if we're saying our first run through, I we finished the movie in twenty minutes where we just said yes immediately to yeah, cool, develop my game, and then this. Oh yeah, I guess 
I guess it's not really designed to be. See, like, it's not designed to be played in a linear manner, I guess. It was cool, like, watching a full pass with you guys again after a couple days. Because it, I mean, at one point, like, I wasn't very engaged. I was doing something else. And then once it got to, like, the part I wanted to make decisions for, I was like, no, pick that, pick that one, pick that one, please. Just yeah. To, just see some of the endings I didn't get. I think it's a, like, ultimately, it's a novel concept. But, Alex, you were saying something about it taking you out of the experience. What did you say about that? Yeah, so it's not necessarily a criticism of Bandersnatch as much as it is kind of this idea of storytelling, of choose-your-own-adventure, or anything with uh, sort of multiple timelines where there's not one you know, finite answer as to what has occurred. And that's just that when I'm watching something like this, I like I, I'll watch the first go through and I'll have it sorted in my head as this is what happens. This is what I care about. This is how I feel about it. Yeah. And then we'll watch another ending and another ending and another ending and another ending. And you're starting to do, you know, equations in your head trying to figure out where everything goes. And what ultimately happens is with the multiple endings you care less about any individual ending, I think. And that just takes me out of it. You know, I become less invested, less interested. Yeah. And you know, and I, I think that ultimately this concept has been done better in telltale games. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a novel concept, but what was cool about telltale games is all of your choices made the story your own. And then, it was over. You couldn't go back unless you wanted to start it over again, right? Yeah. So, but another like, save game. Yeah. Logistically, like resource wise, it's easier to do that in a video game because you can literally tell the person what to say. And then the fact that Bandersnatch is even about video games and it's self-referential and it's like it's telling you, the viewer, that you're actually controlling them through the story. You know what I mean? Uh, it just sort of it highlights the fact that it's done. It's been done better in video games, right? Yeah. It almost it almost reference it almost understands that it's been done better in video games. One thing I would notice as we compare, and we'll keep going with Telltale Games because that reminds me the most of something like this. I think of one of the quotes that Stefan says as it ends. I think the ending where it's like a five out of five game. He says, "I stripped the game down and gave them the illusion of choice," and that's what I feel like the Telltale Games are. It's you're still gonna get to the ending. The only difference is like I remember playing it like you could ch- like choose like one character to like either go or like kill another character, and like maybe that's like the only difference. And either other than that, like the character is either a really good dude or kind of a dick, you know. And other than that, I think if I remember correctly, you get the same conclusion. Yeah, you do get the same ending in Telltale games. But I like, you know, if they were still around because they went out of business, then they totally could have explored a multiple ending game where when you buy the next installment, where you start off is based off of where you ended in the last one. I feel like Telltale games have been have done this better. But I still enjoyed Bandersnatch, I think. It was entertaining, but it also like wanted made me just wish for more Black Mirror, regular Black Mirror. Yeah, and it's confirmed. I don't think we're going to get any more until like, you know, late 2019 to where it's going to be like maybe a year or so because as we saw in the movie, 
it takes a lot of time to get all these little mini choices and how to get one way and get another way. Like, I'm sure that's definitely a writing challenge. I'm sure it's an editing challenge as well, among every other thing. I think uh, it's a clocks in over like five hours of like maybe five hours, 30 minutes or less of content that is like final content that's in the movie that you can get. But going back to what Alex was talking about, there was a point where, you know, I was so like invested and in the story itself. Like I felt like I was there, you know, and then I think once you had to like choose to get to like where you wanted to choose and then like you just kept getting out of it. like once you were like watching things over and over again, it just kind of took me out of it. You know, I wasn't in the movie anymore. I was then just a guy with a remote picking, oh, what what if we get this, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, it is interesting too how it manages to change your interaction with the material because you you start and you're invested in this character and his quest to make this great video game, you know, and, and just achieve his goals, his dreams. And then that fades away and you're left with seeing, you know, how you might be able to manipulate him to do whatever you want him to do to achieve whatever you want to achieve just in terms of, you know, what might entertain you on the screen. Agreed. We stop becoming Stefan and then it, it becomes, all right, what does Patrick want to do? What, what does Alex want to do? What does Mason want to do? You know, yeah. as we talk about things early on, there are also parts that I wish could have been expanded on, like that, you know, the later part does of like it being a little bit meta, you know, where we make the first like wrong choice and then it goes to like the first like cut scene of like, better try again. I was like, whoa. So like, what does he have like some kind of like his own time machine like does he run a game where he can choose and go back is that a thing are they going to get into that more and then that just kind of fell in the wayside you know i think that was basically just charlie brooker the writer saying hey you messed up this time you're not getting a good story it was another abrupt ending that was rushed because he didn't know how to wrap that little timeline up it's a perfect example of that yeah and there's some other parts where i was i guess confused based on our past choices, how something happened. Because, uh, you know, after Colin jumped off the building, there's been there's parts of the story where I, you know, continued playing where he never shows up again. Then there's another one where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's been in the office the whole time, even though they've said like, oh, I haven't seen him for a month. And then in that same timeline of where things are going, it's just like, oh, yeah, he's just hanging with the CEO, just, you know, throwing tennis balls and asking, oh, and just give him more time to work. I got kind of confused how that happened, so... That was like the only big like loose end that wasn't tied up for me. Like those, yeah, those little mini ones. So we were scrolling through Netflix to get to this and notice that there's this little flag on the thumbnail in the Netflix browser. Obviously, that's a sort of a confirmation that they're going to have more of these in the future. What would you guys like to see done in this choose your own adventure style? What properties? Of like what Netflix properties? Yeah. Well, if they want to go with ease... I think it'd be cool. I don't think they'd do a season on it. I think it'd be cool to, I don't know, see like a BoJack episode. That'd be cheap and easy to make. And it would be, you know, very Netflix synergetic for them to just do that. Yeah, it would be easier to make and they'd probably be able to make more choices. In that, like, you could choose what BoJack wears that day, even, you know. Oh, yeah. That'd be that'd be an easy thing, you know. Just that would be awesome. Some kind of like little render and that's it. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be non-consequential, whatever happens, but it'd still be cool to like 
be in Bojack's shoes. What about you, Alex? I think Netflix should bring back American Vandal. <gasps> and they should do an interactive American Vandal that episode. would be amazing. Yeah, it can be like kind of through your phone or something of... I don't even know. Let's let's just write ideas right now for American Vandal. I mean... Oh, I miss that show. The world's our oyster. How about you, Mason? What do you think? I think, coincidentally, we did a dual review episode of this, but... I think Arrested Development or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I think comedies would really work because you can sort of choose what you want the characters to do and you can get that shock factor by having the two options show up on the screen. I think Arrested Development would be the most interesting based on they've been kind of the only Netflix property that even though like maybe story might not be the funniest or best, but they like to push the envelope of what they can do. You know, they did the thing in season four where it was so overarching with all the characters and then you know it was meant to be watched again and pick different parts yeah they like to change it up very experimental yeah so i could see them doing that will they do that with all this stuff already filmed and their little season split who knows but that'd be cool they might have time they had a year in between they have time for reshoots all those actors busy schedules what about the performances i think that the acting was a little hit or miss. Yeah. I thought Will Poulter was pretty good across the board, but he wasn't in it enough. And he's the most experienced actor, honestly, in this yeah. film. He has a great catalog he's, of movies that he's been in, and uh, he's worked with a lot of great people. He's yeah, certainly the most experienced actor. And I thought that his character was cool, and I wanted to see more of him. I definitely felt like I saw some maturity from him that I hadn't yeah. seen before. Yeah. He seemed the most comfortable. He was fine with playing a character, I think, kind of out of type, but I forgot what movie he was in uh, last year. Super, like, under-advertised. That's, like, that was, like, a period piece. And then, like, I accidentally walked into that movie, like, many to see, like, Ant-Man or something. That was out at the same time. And then I was like, is that Will Poulter with a very fancy British accent? Oh, The Little Stranger is the movie that I walked into. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I don't think anyone's seen it, but... After a doctor is called to visit a crumbling manor, strange things begin to occur, is the tagline. How do you accidentally walk into a movie? Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I was given the wrong theater number. You know, theater, I thought it was Theater 9, <laughs> oh, and I walked so into Theater 7, you know? It's the and, ticket taker's fault. Yeah, it is. Come and on. did you, you just turned around and left? Or well, yeah, I said, this isn't my movie. To the theater audience that was watching... Uh, and waiting to see what happens next. You just turn to them. This isn't my movie. This isn't my movie, you guys. I'm getting out of here. They're like, get out of here, you asshole. Who are you? Walking a new movie an hour in. But yeah, so Will Poulter, I think, across the board, we all think was the best. That The guy that played Turk, Tuck, Turk. Yeah, I didn't really like his performance. He was a little cartoony in my my. That was the opinion. boss. Yeah, yeah. The, the CEO of Tuckersoft. Yeah. He was just also... Really, really animated, wanted to let you know the game's ready. Oh, and, oh, where is he? He's not calling. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah, I think he was a little too over the top. I think if they had someone who was acting a little more serious, and, like, that whole scene where he's like, I'm the victim here, or whatever. Like, he was, was also poorly written a little bit. A little on the nose. Yeah. But, yeah, what did you think of Fionn Whitehead? I think he was definitely given the toughest task of all of... How do you act when you don't know what the truth is? What is his definitive ending, like the character of Stefan? We don't know. 
and he doesn't know because like he's not picking through the script and saying, "All right, yeah, the train ending is the real ending." So I'm gonna believe that the most. Yeah, and they needed an actor that had the range to be able to do this horror story, a sci-fi thing, and uh, to do a fight scene to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah, the fact that we got so many distinct, different endings. There wasn't a part where I was just like, "Oh, I don't know if I believe him there." And maybe at that point. We were the characters. We were making the choices, and he was a little bit of the vessel for our choices. It's hard to kind of notice if he's acting it well or not. The fact that I didn't notice is good. Good job, Fio. Great. Would you agree, Alexander? Yeah. No, absolutely. I would say it felt good to act opposite him, actually. That was one of the shining moments of the film, I thought. Yeah, no. I mean, he. I think he adequately portrayed... The spiral into insanity. Yeah, I think overall with this film, in my closing thoughts, I enjoyed the entertainment experience. I had fun. It was a good afternoon of, now two afternoons, of going through this and deciding. From a story standpoint, a little lacking. Hard to kind of figure out what is true. What was the real ending? What was the ending, you know, the first ending we decided? Was the ending our favorite ending? What really happened when it's all said and done? What really happened? What is your truth? Uh, you know, tell us your truth. The, the movie has me questioning what the definition of truth is. Oh my god, hot take! I liked it. It was something different, something different than just your average like Sunday night movie experience, right? But I think the concept, especially since it's self-aware, that like Alex said, brings you out of the immersion. I would have liked to have seen a narrative where it didn't reference the fact that it was a choose-your-own-adventure so heavily well with that being said mason where can our past listeners choose their own adventures in listening previous podcast of son of a ginger you can click over to spotify apple podcast stitcher and the google play store wowza oh yeah so many more options any more options? I think we covered all of them. I'd say this has been a successful episode of Son of a Ginger. This is Alex, Patrick, and Mason signing off. Bye. Thank you for choosing us. <laughs>